We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, it feels good in the house of the Lord. We lift you up. We magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, the name of the Lord shall be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Somebody love him. Somebody magnify him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more time. Let's clap our hands and shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Praise God. It is good to have everybody and see all your smiling faces in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of Genesis chapter 28. Amen. Genesis chapter 28. And when this the preaching is over, we are going we are going to have an altar call and we want those that feel comfortable uh, to come and pray at the altar and uh, pray with your families in Jesus name uh, or pray right where you are. But regardless, let's pray today in Jesus name. Genesis chapter 28 and verse 16. The Bible says, And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place! This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar, and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give a tenth unto thee. You can flip over and skip to Genesis chapter 35 and verse number 1. Genesis 35 and 1, the Bible says, And God said unto Jacob, Arise, and go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household and all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under an oak which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them. And they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, which was in the land of Canaan, that is, Bethel. And he and all the people that were with him, and he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. Verse 19, Genesis 28 says, He called the name of that place Bethel. But chapter 35, verse 7 says, He called the name of the place El Bethel. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, converting Bethel. Converting Bethel. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this building? Come on, would you lift up your voice with us as we pray? Come on, that's it. Somebody's tapping into the Holy Ghost right here. Come on, this could be a moment, a divine moment for you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody worship him and clap your hands of the Lord. Jesus, we give you glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to convert Bethel. 
and you may be seated in Jesus' name. It's good to have all our guests and visitors. Good to have the Coder family with us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Converting Bethel. Now, the, the story of Jacob is probably, if you haven't guessed already, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. You'll probably get tired of hearing him over the next 40 years, but uh, it'll, it'll be good. Hopefully, we'll pull some more good things out of it. But I, I was praying uh, long before this service because I knew there would come a day where we would be gathering together again. And I was asking the Lord to give me something uh, that would, would be a blessing to his people. And it didn't take very long that God began to drop it in my spirit that my people have got to convert Bethel. My people have got to convert Bethel. We could study the story of Jacob, and for many of us, it would be a familiar story, but please entreat me for just a moment as I go through a little bit of the information. From his very birth, we see Jacob's nature and his character, or should I say his lack of character, his character flaws begin to come out as he is the second born Coming out of his mother's womb, a twin holding on, latched on to his brother's ankle. Jacob is the one that is always trying to get ahead of his brother. There's something about that. We could look at that from a biblical standpoint, and we could look at the Ten Commandments, and we could find covetousness, which is to want what your brother or your neighbor has. Amen. Not being content with what you have and wanting what they have. And so we see in Jacob's nature, he is covetous. There's one mark and one strike against Jacob. Reaching out, trying to get ahead of his brother, wanting to pull his brother back. He is not loving his brother or his neighbor as himself. We see another character flaw in Jacob's life. He is pulling back his brother instead of boosting his brother up. And let me help you here today that if you've come to church and you're coming from a world where you are so used to uh, crabs in a pot where they yank you down every time that you are trying to get ahead, I want you to know that that is not the mantra of the church. Hallelujah. That is not how it is. In the church, we give hands up. Hallelujah. We don't pull down. We don't tear down. The only thing the church tears down is strongholds. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan, your kingdom is the only thing the church is interested in pulling down. Amen. The church is interested in hands up. Amen. We are interested in helping people up out of their position. Jacob, as he gets a little older... Jacob falls into this sinful condition. He's so covetous. He wants what his brother has. He wishes he was somebody else. He wishes he was the firstborn, but it's not happening for Jacob. And we see that he tricks his brother out of his birthright for a bowl of lentils. Amen. He is, he is not dealing correctly. The Bible would say that you are to not charge your brother usury or interest. And in his own way, he is not dealing with his brother in business terms, uh, amen, correctly according to the Bible. Now we see that Jacob is trying to overcharge his brother. A bowl of lentils probably should have only cost his brother maybe a half of a shekel at best, uh, amen, at the highest rate. But instead, he is stealing something. He is cheating his brother out of something that should have been his brother's. And he is using his, his savvy in business to try and rob his brother. We then find that he is now tricking his father. Now he is not honoring his father and his mother. I want you to notice that this is the progression of Jacob before encountering God. This is much like any of us that we, without God, the Bible would say that such were some of us. 
You go down the list and you, you name anything you want to name and list anything down. And you can put our names right next to just about everything that is to be named. Because before Christ, anybody that say, well, before God, I was this. Before God, I was that. Amen. That's a bunch of hogwash. Before God, you and I were lost. Amen. Before God, you and I, amen, we were, we were in a deficit. Before God, we didn't have the moral compass that we should have had. Before God, we were destitute, afflicted. We were not worthy, amen, to even be alive. Before God. Jacob tricks and lies and cheats and steals. And because of this, there are consequences for his actions. And now Jacob's got to run away. Because he's made decisions. And I want somebody to know here today, when you make decisions, there are repercussions to every decision that you make. And Jacob is trying to avoid all of the complications that come with his bad choices and his bad decisions. And as he runs away, the Bible says that he finally got wore out from running. And he came to this place called Lose at the First. This place called Luz, and he takes a nap here at Luz. This place called Luz is going to be named Bethel in a few moments. But here at Bethel, he takes a nap. He begins to sleep. Amen. And it is running through this world where he cannot find rest for his weary feet. He cannot find a place of sleep. He cannot get himself out of, amen, trying to feel guilty and feeling all of the pain of his mistakes. And he can't escape all of the consequences that are coming after him. But when he comes to Bethel, when he comes to this place called Bethel, he finally finds some peace. He finally finds some rest. Can I preach to somebody for just a moment? Bethel means the house of God. And in this world, Jacob is running and he's weary and he's not finding rest for his soul. But when he comes unexpectedly, he didn't intend to end up at the house of God. But nonetheless, Jacob ended up at the house of God. He wasn't intending uh, that by running away from this uh, he would run into God but here he is uh, anyways uh, and Jacob finally finds rest uh, at Bethel I want to help somebody here today that in your life you have spent all your world and you've been running from everything and you can't find rest from your past. You can't find rest from your mistakes. I want you to know that in the house of God there is a place of rest. Would you lift up your hands and pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray for just a few moments. Come on, it's there at Bethel. You can get rest for your weary souls. When you come to the house of the Lord, it's here in the house of God that you can find rest for your soul and rest for your heart in the name of Jesus. It is there that Jacob takes a nap. He finally gets rest for his weary soul. And, and at Bethel, the Bible says he has an encounter with God. He has a dream. And in this dream, there are many things that happen. First and foremost, the presence of the Lord was there. I want you to know that when you come to church, when you come to Bethel, when you come to the house of God, you should come with an expectation that you know God is going to meet you in this place. I don't know about you, but I feel the presence of God right now. I feel the hand of God moving on every family in this building right now. Amen. One of the blessings of the house of the Lord is the concentration, amen, of God's presence uh, like it was in the Holy of Holies. Uh, amen. As God indwells somebody with the Holy Ghost, uh, where two or three gather together in his name, uh, there's something tangible that happens. His presence comes down in the house of the Lord. It is there at Bethel that he sees this God's presence, and Jacob would even admit to himself, this first encounter at Bethel, surely the presence of the Lord was in this place, and I knew it not. It is possible to come to Bethel, to come to church, and to have God's presence moving and not know it. 
I can testify myself, amen, not to put anybody else on the stand. I've been in church many times, and there were moments in my life where I didn't come with expectation that God would do anything or that God would show up. And I sat through services with my arms folded, amen, and God's presence was moving. People were getting touched. People were getting delivered. And at the end, with my arms folded, amen, not paying attention, I had to admit to myself that God God's presence was there, but I didn't recognize it. Can anybody else testify? There's been times in your walk with God where he showed up, but you didn't recognize it. God showed up in disguise in your life, and you didn't realize it. But that doesn't make it any less true. God still showed up. Oh, somebody praise him. Somebody magnify him. Amen. Let me help somebody here today. Whether you know it or not, God's still moving. Whether you feel it or not, God's still moving. Whether it seems the way you want it to be or not, God's still moving. And we've got to open up our eyes and recognize. I want to help somebody while Jacob was asleep, while Jacob slumbered in his spirit. Amen. When his eyes were closed, he didn't recognize God was moving. But the moment he woke up, the moment there was an awakening, Jacob said, I opened my eyes and I recognized for the first time that God was there. Can I help somebody? It's time for the church to wake up. It's time for people of God to open up their eyes and realize God's been moving in areas you and I didn't realize. God's been moving in this season in homes like we've never realized. God's been moving in your circumstance. You just got to wake up. Oh, somebody shout and magnify. Come on, I came to preach to somebody on our first Sunday back. The church has got to wake up and recognize and realize that God's been moving. Somebody clap your hands and shout to the Lord. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Jacob wakes up and recognizes God's presence was there. There were a few other things that happened at Bethel. The Bible says that Jacob saw a ladder ascending to heaven. And there were angels that were ascending and descending upon that ladder. It's the very same thing we see with Jesus at his baptism. There are angels ministering to him. Amen. And they are, they are ministering unto him in the wilderness. Amen. Jesus is the ladder to heaven. Hallelujah. And if you can climb up Jesus, Zacchaeus, climb up the cross, climb up that tree, you can make your way to heaven in Jesus' name. But, but this place at Bethel, the house of God, it went beyond just an image and a vision and a dream. But here at Bethel, the angels that were ascending and descending, amen, they were taking prayer requests up. Up. And when they came down, uh, they were bringing answers with them. They were bringing help uh, with them. Those, those angels were not climbing a ladder for nothing. Uh, they were taking the prayers uh, of people on earth uh, up to the Lord and coming down. Uh, and I want to tell somebody where it happened. Uh, it was there at Bethel. It was there at the house of God. Uh, can I preach to somebody? The house of God, the church of the living God is a great place that if you've got a need you can lift it up and angels will take your need before God and if you need answers God can bring your answer right here at Bethel right here at the house of God has anybody ever came to church and you had a need in your life that only God could fulfill? And you came to church and you prayed. And before you left that service, the angel of the Lord already brought back down your answer. The ladders at Bethel Church, prayer, prayer requests and prayer answers are at the house of the Lord. It is there. Jacob had prayers going up and answers coming down he got a revelation that if I have a need I can come to Bethel and I can lift that need up and it will go before the Lord and I can see my request coming down it was there at Bethel that Jacob said surely this is the gate of heaven I want to help somebody here today 
that says, I don't need the church. I don't need, I don't need, I don't need the house of God, whether it be a physical location or the people of God, whether it be a spiritual position. Amen. That people that would say, I don't need Bethel. I don't need the people of God. I don't need the house of God. I want you to know that the gate of heaven, we always like to preach about the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. But I want to tell you where the gate of heaven is. The gate of heaven is not found at the gym. The gate of heaven is not found at your bank account. The gate of heaven is not found at your birth record. The the gate of heaven is found at Bethel. It's found in the house of God. Can I help somebody? When we baptize you in Jesus' name, there's a gate. There's a doorway. There's an entrance. When you go down in the watery grave, you're stepping in. Amen. Except a man is born again, he can't enter. What's he entering? He's entering the gate. He's entering the doorway. And when you enter that doorway, you step from this realm into the realm of the impossible. You step from earth to heaven. You step from what is in your life to what could be with God. Oh, somebody love him. Come on, let's lift up our voice. Come on, aren't you glad you came to the house of the Lord? Aren't you glad you came to Bethel? You found the gate. You found the entrance. You found the doorway. Oh, come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, you can't make it to the gate without Bethel. You can't get to the gate without Bethel. You need the church. You need the house of God. And is there on Jacob's first encounter. He wakes up and he realizes all of this happens at Bethel and so many more things. But Jacob didn't hang around long enough to find out what, was el- what else was at Bethel. The Bible says he started talking with God because you can converse with God at Bethel. And Jacob began to make a deal with God. After everything he just saw, if any of us saw that, I promise you, we would be like Isaiah that would say, Woe is unto me, I'm a man of unclean lips. Amen. We would be like many that had encountered. Amen. We'd fall down as dead men and dead women before the presence of the Lord because we would have had such an experience and encounter. Amen. We would tremble and we would shake at the glory and the presence of God. We would be like the priests that could not stand for to minister because of the presence of God, but not Jacob. When Jacob came to Bethel, amen, he came and he encountered all this. And immediately, he started making a deal with God. He started bringing forth conditions to whether or not he would serve God. He started making conditions. Condition number one, the Bible says, if you will be with me. I want you to notice condition number one. It was all about self. Again, Jacob is proving his life is all about him. What makes him happy? What gets him ahead? And he says, if you'll be with me. Notice how his condition doesn't say anything about Jacob being with God. His condition says everything with God being with me. We're living in a world that will go off and fight wars in the name of God. They're not really living it right because they're saying God is with me. There are people that as long as they feel like they've got divine help they can do or say whatever they want but I want you to know that's a conditional living for God that's a conditional walk with God number two he said if you will bless my way of living bless me in the way that I go in our world there are too many people that they want to serve God with conditions. And one of their main conditions is not only do I want God to be with me, but I want God to bless my bad decisions. I want God to bless, amen, things that God himself does not agree with. I want him to bless my lifestyle. There are entire churches across our nation that want God to bless their sinful life, but it's not the church of the living God. Amen. 
They come to Bethel and they come to church and some, they, and I want to help you, I'm not just preaching to those that are new to the faith. I'm talking about people that up until this point, you've been going to Bethel and you made conditions whether or not you're going to live for God and it's based on these conditions. If you'll be with me, if you'll bless my way of living and my decisions, if I want to gossip, I'll gossip. If I want to be greedy, I'll be greedy. If I I want to be mean to somebody I'll be mean to somebody don't infringe on me God let me live how I want to live I want to live with complete freedom and liberty that steps on everybody else's freedom and liberty there's people that want to live for God amen but the truth is they want to live for themselves and have God as something on the side it's a conditional walk with God They don't want to walk with God. They want God to walk with them. Amen. They're not interested in walking and following. They're interested in leading. David would say, he leads me, he leads me, he leads me. But too many people want to say, I lead God. I lead God. This is why idolatry goes beyond a statue. Because you can form a statue in your image. A conditional walk with God says, I'll formulate Bethel how I want to. I'll come to church how I want to come. And it starts to mold and shape. It's something about an idol. You can fit it in your pocket. You can carry it around. You can set it on your nightstand. You can forget about it and leave it there at the building. Amen. This conditional walk with God, amen, was nothing more than that. It was an idol worship, amen, for Jacob. It was nothing more than religion. Condition number three, if you'll bless me, if you'll provide me with food, that ought to be a good prayer request for everybody. Provide me with food. Provide me with housing. Give me a nice house on a hill. White picket fence and a dog named Scruffy. Now, if I get a house on a hill and a white picket fence, don't make fun of me later. But it is, it is something there. Bless me with the best that I can ingest. Bless me with the nicest house. Bless me with clothing. Provide for my needs. I don't think that these are wrong prayer requests. I think they're okay. I think everybody ought to pray these prayer requests. But this wasn't a prayer request. This was a condition. Amen. I only serve you if you give me the nicest things. I only serve you if you... The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. But when people make a condition, I'm only going to serve God if you can wait on it, wait on it, wait on it. There's no guarantee it's coming. But if you make it up in your mind, I'm going to do this for God. I'm going to seek God. There are blessings. Oh, somebody love him. Somebody love him. Come on, let's magnify him. Come on. Jacob at Bethel started falling into prosperity. I'll live however I want to live. My soul will be in the pit, but I will be blessed. But my Bible says that we should prosper even as our soul doth prosper. He said, if you bless me with material goods, a nice 401k, in other words, I'll serve you after I get blessed. <laughs> you want to know how God works? He takes a zero and makes him a hero. Yeah. That's how God works because that's the only way that God gets all the credit and God gets all the glory. Oh, I came to preach to somebody. Rich young ruler, sell everything you have. Give to the poor and come and follow me. Amen. He said, I want you to start here. You've been exalted, but I want you to abase yourself. But God that takes those that are abased, the Bible says, he exalts them. He wanted that man to be at the same starting position. That he would know for the rest of his life, amen, that if he was ever to be blessed, it was the hand of God, not the inheritance of his father. That if he was blessed, it was the hand of Jesus and not somebody else. Too many people say, I'll serve God when I get good. 
I'll serve God when I get things figured out. I'll serve God. It's a conditional walking with God. Amen. And finally, his last condition was, if you will give me peace, if you will bring me back to my father's house in peace. You know what Jacob was praying for? A life without struggle. If I didn't get anybody on anything, I got some people right there. I'll serve God if there is no struggle. I will live for God if there is no trouble. I will live for God if there are no trials. I will live for God if there is never a dark day. I'll serve God if there's never a dark cloud. I'll serve God as long as I'm always healthy. I'll serve God as long as I'm blessed. I'll serve God. Can I preach to somebody? It's a conditional, amen, life. It's a conditional religious walk. He says, if you'll do, if you do all that, I'll make you my God. God is, God is not a candy machine where you just like press 8E3 and all of a sudden you get the candy bar. It's not how God is. He's not, we serve God, God doesn't serve us. We were formed in the image. We were created by the hand of God. But too many people want to reverse it and flip the script and make God in their image and serve a conditional God. That's Bethel for him. I'll make you my God. I'll commit to you. And he says, I'll take the stone that I slept on. Mind you, I'll be blessed with all these things. Okay, I want you to notice what he did. I'll be blessed with all these things. I'm going to come back here to where I struggled. I'll remember this moment of struggle, and I'll take this stone, and I'll add it to help build the house of God. Once you get done blessing me, I'll go back, and I'll just find the very minimums and bare things, and then I'll give you that. I'll give you those moments, and I will serve you there. I will commit, and I will add my stone to help build the church of the living God. And then finally, he says, then I will become, amen, a tither. I will give 10% unto you. He said, I'll only give the bare minimum and the bare requirements of the scriptures. This is long before the law of God, but yet it is pre-law. And he says, finally, after you do all that, then I will decide to become a giver and not a taker. Those were his conditions. But how many knows life hits? How many knows life happens to people that are whether they make conditions or not life happens to everybody amen there everybody knows that hard days come to everybody tough times comes to everybody and there Jacob he walks away from Bethel he made conditions and then he left Bethel if you'll do all this then I'll come back and I'll serve you and he leaves Bethel. We don't have time today to go through the whole story. You can read it for yourself, or you might already know it. But it's not long before Jacob starts doing exactly what his condition states. He goes his way. He goes and makes his decisions. The Bible says he gets married multiple times. That's what happens when we, when we leave Bethel and make decisions of our own. We don't know, we no longer, there's no context that he's ever talked to God in between Bethel and El Bethel. Amen. Up until this point, he's had one conversation at Bethel. He's made his conditions known, and then he started making decisions, amen, that, that, that are by his own, his own understanding. He's directing his own paths. He's making his own way. Jacob has decided, I'm going to do things my way. He's married multiple times. He's got multiple kids by multiple different women. And Jacob is now making decisions 
to try to to try to get ahead. Amen. So he's he's committing himself to seven years of work, seven more years of work, seven more years of work. Amen. And he's trying to get ahead. And Laban is tricking him and cheating him. He's making financial decisions, but they're not a hundred percent panning out. Had it not been for the hand of God, and he's he's making decisions. I'll do this, and he's trying to connive and cheat and steal. And 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 he said, God, if you'll make me rich. But here Jacob is trying to make himself rich. He's trying to lie, cheat, and steal and go by his way and hope that God blesses his way. And the Bible says that when Laban started getting angry about being cheated out by Jacob, that he was coming after him. His face was not toward him as it was before. Jacob runs. And there he runs from Laban. Laban comes to attack him, but God blocked it anyways. I want to thank God that even when I made conditions for him, he had unconditional love for me. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray for just a moment. Come on, I want you to thank God that in the midst of our bad decisions and living life our way, that when we are away from Bethel, that God still had mercy on us, that God still spoke to our enemies and calmed them. He made a table in the presence of our enemies. God has helped and God has blessed. Somebody pray. Laban. God stopped him. God blocked him. And here comes Esau getting ready to kill Jacob with, with hundreds of soldiers. And the Bible says that God tackles Jacob, wrestles him down, and finally gets Jacob to admit to what he's been and who he's been. And God stops Esau from killing him and God wrestles Jacob and God changes Jacob changes his name uh, he changes his character uh, he changes the way he walks uh, amen this is all happening uh, and then God speaks to Jacob in our second text uh, and says it's time uh, to go back uh, to Bethel when God gets done protecting uh, those that are away from Bethel when God gets done wrestling uh, and defending those uh, amen that are away from Bethel God only has one response uh, to people uh, he says it's it's time to go back to the house of God. It's time to go back. It's time to go back to Bethel. And you better believe Jacob comes back to Bethel. But I want to preach to you for just a few moments and I'm almost done. That encounter with God, that second encounter with God at the wrestling match, amen, it, and he's there. It begins to change him, and something so shifts in his life. He realizes, I, I have done everything my way. I've lived my life conditionally. Amen. I've walked for God and walked with God with conditions. I've lived a religious life, but I haven't allowed it to change me. And the Bible says that as he's heading back to Bethel, that he started making some changes. Before he ever made it back to Bethel, he made some changes in his life. The Bible says he removed all the idols and the strange gods from his home and from his family. Because when you start realizing uh, I've lived for God with conditions uh, and God smites your heart uh, and God begins to work on you uh, and you see the hand of the Lord that protected you even though you weren't living for him right, uh, something rises up and says, i got to make it right. Can I preach to somebody? Repentance doesn't start at the altar. Repentance starts before you walk through the doors of Bethel. Making a change in your life doesn't start at the altar. It starts well before you made it to the house of God that says, I've lived conditionally, but no longer. I've lived for God and other gods, but today I'm going to serve one God, and his name will be Jesus. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and love him. Come on, let's lift up our hands and let's love him. 
Somebody's got to remove all the idols. You got to take some things out of your home. By the time this service is over, you got to make it up in your mind. I'm getting some things right. I'm getting rid of that condition. I'll serve God as long as I can have idols in my life. I'll serve God as long as I can watch whatever I want to watch and live however I want to live. I'll serve God as long as I can do it my way. The Bible says he changes garments, his whole family. Before, he said, I'll live however I want to live. I'll dress however I want to dress. Don't tell me nothing, preacher. The Bible says he changed his appearance. They changed the way that they worshipped. They got rid of things out of their home. And the Bible didn't say they just put them in a trunk for later. They buried them. When you really want to get right with God, when you want to get rid of all those conditions, you get rid of them unconditionally. It's not temporary when you want to live for God and you made it up in your mind, I'm done living conditionally. You unconditionally bury all those things that used to entrap you. They changed their garments. They got rid of their jewelry. They changed the way they dress. They changed, yeah, that's right, that's in your Bible. When he knew he was coming back to God. For those that say, well, that doesn't matter. I want you to know it really does matter. Because before he came back to God, he said, all the earrings have got to go. That's in the Bible. That's not me, that's the Bible. Well, that... He said, oh, that's got to go. We're getting rid of it. Well, we could melt it down and sell it. We could make some money. No, 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 no. We're making it right with God. We're just going to get rid of it. Hallelujah. See, there's some beautiful things that we find in the Bible that go all the way through the Scriptures. If we would just take time to read it, when he wanted to get right with God, he said, we're going to change the way we live. We're going to change the way we dress. We're going to change the way that we walk. We're going to change our appearance. And the Bible says when he got to Bethel, he built an altar. I'm removing all the conditions, God. I'm removing all the conditions before I ever make it back to the house of the Lord. I'm getting rid of, there's a lot of people want to have God in something on the side. He says, no, that's a conditional walk that has God and entertainment. It has God and movies. It has God and professional sports where I give my life over to it. It has God and gambling. It has God and all. And he says, i got to get rid of it. We're going to bury it here under a tree, mind you. You've got to find yourself a place at the foot of the cross and you got to say we're burying it buried with him in baptism you got to bury it you got to put it under the water you got to bury it at the foot of the cross and say never again and he builds an altar and he prepares a sacrifice. The man, that his condition was, I'll serve you as long as it doesn't hurt. I'll serve you as long as there's no sacrifice. I'll serve you as long as there's peace. I'll serve you as long as there's no trouble. I'll serve you as long. And he went down all the conditions. But this new Jacob, this new Israel, he came back to Bethel. He built an altar. He didn't just take that measly little stone that he rested on. It took multiple things. He multiplied what he said he would give God. He said, I'm going to give him more than I ever promised because that was conditional. I'm going to live with an open hand, and my sacrifice is going to be that. It's going to be a sacrifice. I'm going to feel it. It's going to burn. It's going to sting. But it's for the Lord, and it's unconditional. Would you stand all across the building and lift up your hands? Come on, let's pray. Church, on this first service back, on this first service back, we need to remove the conditions. Conditional living for God is nothing more than religion. We've got to remove the conditions. Come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. Somebody needs to build their altar right now. Somebody needs to build their altar right now. And lastly, the Bible says he changed the name of Bethel itself. Bethel means the house of God. But El Bethel means the God of the house of God. 
You see, before when it was conditional, Brother Troy, we're just going to church. Religion. Conditions. I'll serve God if. I'll serve God if. You can fill in that blank. I'm sure we've all done that at one time or another. Okay, God, I'll sacrifice if. Or if you do this, then I will. But God often has us do it first. It's a little boy that brings his fish and loaves first before there's a multiplication. It's the widow that gathers all the pots of oil and, and then God multiplies it. It's, it's, the, it's the woman that's about to die and the prophet says, feed me first. God says, take care of first things first. Take care of the important things first. And then, but when he was at Bethel, it was conditional. It was religion. It was have to. It was duty. But when he came back to Bethel, he started removing all the conditions. And finally he got to the altar. And he put his sacrifice on there. And he proclaimed on that sacrifice altar... The name of this place was Bethel. It was religion. I lived conditionally. But from this day forward, it's not about the, God, the house of God. It's not about religion. It's not about conditions. It's not a have to. From this day forward, it's a get to. From this day forward, it's about the God of the house of God. It's about relationship with the Almighty God. Nobody forced my hand to do what I did, Jacob. I just did it because I want to live for God unconditionally. I've got a relationship with Him and I had to lay it all on the altar because I want to convert Bethel in my life to no longer just being about the house, but now it's about the God. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. What conditions have you given God? You might have served God for 50 years, but have you served God with conditions? Sir, ma'am, it might be your first service, but did you come to this service saying, I'll do it if, and you got conditions? You might have been here for a few years, but what conditions have you made with God that I'll do it if? I want to encourage you today to convert Bethel to not just be about conditions and religion, but let it be about the God. Come on, let's pray. Come on, that's it. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, it's about God. It's about God. And when you make it about God, you remove every condition. When it's about God, there is no, there is no thing that's holding you back. There is no restriction in your life. You give Him everything. You open up every door, every window, and say, God, every area of my heart. It, there, I used to have things off limits, but there's nothing off limits to you, Jesus. It's all about God. You might have come to Bethel today, but when you come to this altar or when you pray in your seat, I want you to come to El Bethel. You might have come here with conditions, but when you come to this altar or pray in your seat, I want you to come and start walking in an unconditional life, unconditional love, unconditional worship, unconditional service of the God, of the house of God. I want you to lift up your hands. I want to open up this altar for those that want to come in the name of Jesus. Please come family by family. Give people some space and some room. But if you feel to come, you're welcome to come. But if not, I want you to turn around on your seat and make that place an altar. Make it El Bethel in your life and say, God, it's been conditional. I'm going to be honest. It's been conditional. But today... I want to live for God unconditionally. I want to serve God unconditionally. Come on. Come on, that's it. Come on, if you think back on all the goodness of the Lord, even when you weren't being good, you gotta, you got to give Him praise. you got to give Him unconditional. They that have been forgiven much, the same love much. It's unconditional. God's been too good to me. 
Come on, that's it. Come on, pray with your family right now. Pray with your family right now. Make it up in your mind, husbands, wives, parents. We're going to serve God in our home without conditions, without restrictions. We're going to do it as unto the Lord. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to a heart of worship. Where it's Come on, we're converting Bethel right you. now. It's all about you. It's all about you. Come on, maybe before this deal, it was conditional. But now that you've been away for a long time and you're coming back, it's unconditional. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to a heart of worship where it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry. For the thing I'm making all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. King of endless worth, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm That's it. Families praying together. Families praying together in the name of Jesus. Every single breath. Come on, unconditional. I'm going to serve God without conditions. I'll bring you more than a song. I'm going to come back to church without conditions. I'm going to worship without conditions. This won't be a have to, this will be a get to. You search much deeper within. at church right now. Right where you are, I want you to begin to lift up your hands and pray. Come on, I want you to lift up your voice and pray. Come on, maybe you left this building previously and you had you had left it with conditions. But today I wanted to I want you to convert Bethel where it's all about the God of the house of God. It's unconditional. And whatever you want from my life, God, I sacrifice it on this altar. I surrender it all. An unconditional surrender. It's all 